Warning, this episode contains strong language. My catering business uh, got decimated, right? And that was a big business of ours. And at the height of the pandemic, we're down 99%. Um, You know, so uh, April, May, June, July, you know, probably collectively down 95% in sales. Um, Holy shit. So, uh, you know, this past September, I think we were down um, 80%, which was uh, better. (laughs) And then um, October, I think we're down about, you know, 65. So, you know, it's, uh, we're climbing a mountain again. Welcome to the Lone Star Play Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Scott Armstrong. Join me and a famous guest every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. We discuss their career, life, food, Texas, and everything in between. Let's get started. All right, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Lone Star Play Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Scott Armstrong. Very excited today because I have a wonderful guest on. Um, you know, I'm based out of Austin. We record this podcast out of Austin. We'll have another Austin native here uh, with us um, that I got to speak to, Eric Silverstein. He is the owner of and founder of the Peach Tortilla. Now they own, you know, they got a bar, they've got catering, there's a lot of other stuff, and he's working on another concept. They've also got an airport property too. Um, so we talk about that, what's happening with that, what's happening with, you know, this new concept that he's got coming out. It's kind of near the end of the podcast. Um, and yeah, look, we just talk about <laughs> the devastating blow that it was on his business and the likes of all restaurants, right? Uh, across the world, really. Um, but specifically, you know, we're talking about Austin, right? In this podcast in Texas, I guess. But um, yeah, it's a, you know, it's, it's a little depressing at some points. Uh, but Eric is, um, such a motivating figure. Right. And, you know, he, he's going to, we're going to get through this, you you know, Eric sounds a little beaten down a little bit, you know, to be honest with you. And, and for good reason, I mean, this guy's just working nonstop. He found an hour in the day. I'm sure. I think at the time we spoke, I could tell it's right before lunch service. So you're going to do a little pre-shift and then you're going to open for lunch, uh, pretty soon. So, you know, I know that time he's finding to talk to me and that, that actually that hour of, of free time is normally a big deal uh, in the day. So just him taking the time to come on the podcast, guys. I mean, this is somebody that's actually out in, you know, every day working his ass off literally every day um, before the pandemic. Imagine with the pandemic, uh, you know, the, the numbers he give, right? The hits to his revenue are staggering. OK, when you hear the percentages and the numbers. It's it's sad. And you're going to understand why some other businesses close, you know, and you're also going to wonder how did they stay open? Right. And they're still offering everything to their employees and everything. It's absolutely amazing what Eric is doing at Peach Tortilla. So, you know, we dig into that um, in the podcast and, you know, I wish I could have spoke to him under different circumstances, uh, but that's, this is the life we live in, right. With the virus and everything. It's, it's just, it's, swallowing people whole (laughs) and businesses whole. So yeah, you know, and we talk a little bit about what are some of the solutions, you know, coming up 
Now, granted, when we recorded the podcast, bars had not been told they could open to 50%. So that is new news since we recorded the podcast. But um, everything else pretty pretty much up to date, right? The 75% everything. So yeah, it's a good up to date, um, you know, catching up, I guess, right? About what's happening with Eric and the businesses. And I think it's a good example of what's happening with other businesses. Um, and look, and if someone, and Eric is someone I deeply respect in the industry, okay? Just someone I deeply respect, really look up to, you know, makes a lot of great decisions, um, you know, I always wish I could have been more like him when I ran my business. I mean, you know, I, yeah, I didn't know what I was doing with Boca. I don't even know how I made it four or five years, right? To be honest with you, um, you know, he, he's someone that knows what he's doing. Okay. This is the type of guy you want owning businesses in your community. Uh, this is what you want. You want me doing a podcast. Okay. That, that's what I'm good for. Um, and maybe co cooking some, some food too, right? Uh, that, that's not a, <laughs> that's something I can do too, a little bit. Uh, but yeah, Eric is just a phenomenal guy. And again, just the circumstance we have to talk about just depressing and, um, you know, oof. so he goes over all that. We go over all that. And, um, yeah, it's a great conversation. You know, it's, it's you know, sit back, be prepared because there's again, just some staggering numbers be about to hear. So it's, again, it's a good reason. Get out, support your restaurants, your local places as much as you can. OK, so no matter how good it looks like they're doing, it's not enough, you know, and they need help. And our government hasn't really been helping. Right. Anybody. So tough, tough. So anyway, all right. Before we get to the podcast, don't forget, check us out online. Go to our website, thelonestarplate.com. You can stay up to date uh, with us there. At, you know, everything you need. Um, so without further ado. All right. Let's get to the podcast. Eric Silverstein, Peach Tortilla, wonderful episode. Enjoy. I've actually spoken quite a bit about you and Peach Tortilla on the podcast, man, unbeknownst to you, um, since the beginning of the pandemic. Really, I've yeah. always said that you and the way you run your businesses are a great example of, of how to do it, man, to be honest with you. I have a lot of respect for you and how you run your businesses, and it's something I've tried to push to i think to other owners too hey man check out what eric's doing Th this is something y'all you know it's just you do a great job man you're well, you're really you, man. I appreciate a that great pillar in the community dude and we need more people like you we need more owners like you who who care to be frank with you against yeah. all odds you care even when it hurts you yeah it's it's definitely a tough time right now to be a, a restaurant owner um i think it's getting better every every week but you know it's, How would you compare it to the reopen? Because I just saw reopen that video you did. Yeah. Are we was like, right now? Is this? Yeah, right? yeah, we go. This, oh, I we know, are? bro. Okay. This is how I do it. This okay. is how we do All it. Right. We just roll into it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, what was the reopen? Was two months ago, right? About the two dock? months ago. Yeah, the doc. Yeah, uh, I think I think we shot that three months ago, though. Okay. Okay. So yeah. about three months ago. Yeah, I guess uh, some of the stuff you were we saying. Shot that uh, like the third week of June. Oh shit. Okay. Right on. Yeah. How would you say where you are from, from that point in the video to, to now? Like, how do you feel? Things change. Did they get better? Did they change? Yeah, they, they've gotten better for sure. Um, you know, at that, you know, every, every business I have and every location I have is, is so different. Um, 
so like my 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 burn it location which is our original restaurant location we built a deck in the front like a patio and that has helped um with business capacity is still an issue um because we do really space tables apart so uh but that restaurant is up you know it's probably up i would say 30 percent from when that reopen aired you know and and we're slowly adding adding um you know hours to shifts and and whatnot and and, and so i think we're we'll be um at a point where we're maybe down you know 10 percent um in the in the in, in the coming weeks um but i am i am concerned about cold weather you know i'm concerned about uh sure that impact on outdoor seating. And I think we're going to have to get creative again. Um, (laughs) downtown, uh, we're down about 35%. Um, but you know, that's because we've, we've lost one day part. Uh, we've lost, we haven't relaunched Sunday brunch. Uh, and the really it's just capacity. I mean, I think if I had more capacity, um, my numbers would not be that far off. Um, it's just, uh, you know, at burn it, we have the, the ability to push a lot through, um, takeout and curbside. And we just don't do enough of that downtown. We do a lot more dine-in and a lot of alcohol. So, uh, you know, those restaurants are surviving. Um, but, um, you know, downtown it's tough to pull a profit, you know, you know, we're kind of floating around break even. Um, and then, my catering business uh, got decimated, right? And that was a big business of ours. And at the height of the pandemic, we're down 99%. Um, You know, so uh, April, May, June, July, you know, probably collectively down 95% in sales. Um, Holy shit. So, uh, you know, this past September, I think we were down um, 80%, which was uh, better. <laughs> and then um, October, I think we're down about, you know, 65. So, you know, it's, uh, we're climbing a mountain again. You know, yeah. I, I, I like to say like, hey, we got thrown off of Mount Everest and now we got to go climb it again. Except no, this, this, is a, this is a free solo, dog. Yeah, freestyle. Yeah, Alex Arnold. Uh, <laughs> no, I look. I think the difference is we know how to get up the mountain, you know, and we know how to get up it a lot quicker. But we still got to get up the mountain. Yeah. And to me, that's a perfectly adequate analogy. It's like we got to rebuild this business, and it's going to be a little bit different in terms of how we're rebuilding it. And it, it very much is like climbing a mountain. It's, you you have to have the mental fortitude to, to want to do it really, you know, I mean, who, who really as an owner wants to spend an entire year losing money or breaking even that takes a lot out of you, you know? Um, and so I really think that the telltale sign is going to come in 2021 because at that point, you know, business owners will have been doing this for a long time, you know, nine, 10, 12 months. And if it doesn't look good, for the rest of 2021 and beyond, then I think you'll see a lot of attrition. And I think that's what makes this difficult because you and I will both will know the margins are tight um, in hospitality. It's hard work. Uh, 
you got to really love it. And there's got to be some incentive to continue. Um, you know, we're not charities. Uh, we're our businesses. We're for-profit businesses. Um, I'm certainly not going to look the other way at the word profit. That's why I own a business. And so if it's not there, um, you know, then I think a lot of people are going to start to look at things differently. Yeah, those are great points, man. Man, those those numbers are devastating to hear, man. Honestly, yeah. it's just, it's it's it sounds unreal, right? Those numbers sound made up in a lot of ways. Like, there's just no way. How could somebody be down so much, you know, and yeah. still and still surviving this far into the pandemic? So it just makes me think. And your business is so well known, so well received, so well. So I'm thinking about these other businesses that maybe aren't as well received and aren't as well known. How are they surviving, dude? are they, I mean, right. It's gotta be impossible. Yeah. I mean, it's hard for everyone, you know, sure. um, but even, but what more so without re- name recognition, yeah, right? I would I think, think for sure, you know, for right? sure. I mean, I've, I've talked to people, you know, I've seen pleas on Instagram or Facebook. Hey, I've only got three orders today or one order today, or it's really slow. And, you know, uh, Right now, like, you know, the restaurant industry in in general was an ecosystem where it was like survival of the fittest. And now it's like, you know, now it's like, it's like a survivor show we're on, you know, it's like the running man, right? We're we're like on the running running man. man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I I think that's why I'm watching all these shows on like Amazon now, like uh, alone and, and, you know, survival (laughs) shows, because that's the restaurant industry. You know, we're all like, we're all camped out in different areas of this uh, island we shouldn't be on, you know, and we're just like trying to keep the candlelight burning at the end of the night. And, you know, and I, you know what, man, like the, the crazy thing is I feel blessed to be in Austin because at least we're not fighting winter come November yeah. and uh, we're not fighting the pandemic like New York city restaurants had to, you know, back in March. And, and uh, we have a pretty, pro business governor that is, you know, allowed restaurants to reopen at 50% or 75%, you know? Um, so we're blessed to be able to take advantage of the things Austin has to offer. You know, I mean, the weather is the big one, you know, cause people will still eat outside in the heat, but you know, if it's blizzarding and, you know, 10 degrees outside, like I can't see my patio. You know, so uh, the weather is a big one. And, and also like just the, the Austin culture and the pro pro support small business culture that, that we have in the city. Yeah, that's a good point, man. Um, that, that's a great point. Yeah, Texas as a whole is in a little bit different situation, I feel like. I talk to people all over the country every week. And everybody's got a different story to tell, to be honest with you. But Texas, it almost seems like some people you wouldn't even know it's happening to some people, to be frank, as weird as, weird as that sounds. Um, but yeah, in other places, it's just, it's devastating. Um, I I think even a lot of places, even though they can't open, they're not opening, you know, they're still afraid to right? even, I guess I talked to, um, uh, Kevin who owns Crux gyms. He owns all the Crux gyms here in town. And he told me, even though he can open up to 75% or whatever it was, he's still 15, 20% maximum. I mean, he's yeah. like, I'm not even going to push the, but I'm thinking, well, who, who can really afford to do all that? You know, I just don't. Yeah. 
I mean, the 75% for, for restaurants, which just came out recently, is, is to me, it's no impact because if you still want to follow the rules and, you know, socially distance and skip every other table, like, well, what, I mean, what does it matter kind of thing? You know, we haven't had bar yeah. seats at our restaurants for six months. Oof. Um, you know, oh, other restaurants oh, have, and it's more, you know, that's their prerogative, you know, but we, we haven't, um, you know, we took the distancing to heart, but it's very hard. You know, it's very, you, you're not supposed to be running restaurants at 50%. Like the whole idea of restaurant architecture is to cram as many people in, in as small a square foot as, as you can, because the rents are so crazy and the property taxes are so crazy, Yeah, you know? And so this goes against, you know, the model. Yeah. And every seat in a restaurant is so important. I mean, so every, important. every seat is counted, like literally every chair, right? Like it's so counted every, every, right. you know, so yeah, every seat being gone is money out the door uh, for sure. I can't even imagine having to skip tables and skip, you know, I come from, when I worked in Dallas, for instance, shit, even when I worked in Europe, every place was small. I can't yeah. imagine, <laughs> I just can't imagine having to uh, go through it or uh, you know just even when i had my food truck or the trailer how are people, people supposed to socially distance inside the trailer when they're working yeah yeah i mean you can't i mean so you can't socially distance in kitchens i mean that's impossible you know you 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 know it's it's nuts to butts man i mean yeah. like, that's, that's the way the line is you know yeah. so yeah. uh not to be uh crass about it but uh, you, you don't build kitchens to be socially distanced. That's a bunch of horseshit, you know? So, uh, yeah. Yeah, it is. It's just crazy, man. I'm, I'm thinking, you know, I, I don't know. And then obviously last night, um, I don't know if you saw the news. Now, look, this episode is going to come out in a couple of weeks because we have a couple of weeks buffer. So by the sure. time this comes out, I think Trump will have been out of quarantine maybe by now. But he got COVID last night. Yeah, right, so, yeah, my wife woke me up to tell me that at like three in the morning, you know. Oh, like, really? Oh, shit. Yeah. It was like, because our son got us up. And so she she was like, I'm sleeping on the couch. I'm done with this uh, merry-go-round. And then she comes back <laughs> to our room and she's like, hey, Trump and, and Melania got COVID. And I was like, you know, I was half asleep. And I was like, yeah. whoa, you know, that's pretty big news, you know. Major new. I mean, it's a national yeah. security issue. Forget what you think about Trump. Forget what you think. We're talking a sitting president has a deadly has has you know a deadly virus uh, yeah, that yeah, could yeah, potentially yeah. kill him. I mean, it's uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's it just throws everything into a loop. You know, I can't imagine again, like you've you've said from the beginning, running a restaurant or running any f sort of food, but really any business, it's difficult, right? It's just an already a difficult, stressed out job. 100%. Now you're going to throw a pandemic an election, racial tensions, right? All this shit happening at the same time. I just don't know how people like you are doing it, man. I really don't know I mean, how dude, you guys it's, are it's handling it. a struggle. It. Every day is a struggle, you know? And I think about how lucky I had it. When, you know, when I came on your podcast years ago, I think about how lucky I had it in life, you know, and how my business was flourishing and I didn't have a pandemic to deal with. And I wasn't pivoting my business every day and I could just go to work. Yeah. And, um, it doesn't do me any good to think about what life was like before the pandemic. But, um, I mean, I do, I do think about it and I think about if we are ever able to get back, um, to really appreciate what I have, 
um, in terms of my business. I mean, I have been able to spend more time with my family and my kids and enjoy them, but, um, seeing what you built for 10 years, um, and seeing it wiped away in a matter of a week, um, it makes you question things, you know, it makes you, makes you feel pretty vulnerable. Um, and that no matter how hard you work and how hard you try, um, you know, certain things are out of your control. You know, it's kind of like death, you know, you can't control when you die. Uh, so that's this, that's a struggle. And it, it, you know, it, it is, a, it is a stressful time right now, you know, and I think we're, we're seeing it with our, all of our staff is, is, has an extra layer of stress from the pandemic. It's not an easy operating environment when you're wearing a mask and gloves and your face yeah. is half covered up for six, seven hour shifts and you're wearing a glove and a mask and gloves in the kitchen and it's hot and you're cooking food. And sometimes customers can be a little bit unreasonable with you because you're five or 10 minutes later on their pickup order. Um, it, you know, the service industry, uh, was already hard and now it's just amplified, you know, being a server is hard in itself. Now it's amplified. Being oh, a cook is hard, yeah. right? Being a cook is hard. Now it's amplified. Being a, being a restaurant GM, one of the hardest jobs in the industry. Now it's even hard. You know, now it's even harder. So, you know, we're all feeling it top to bottom. I just don't think it does a whole lot of good to be, in the moment, like living in the moment, thinking about all the, the shit that's in the fan. I mean, my attitude has been like, let's just focus on what we can do and let's focus on growth opportunity that we could pursue right now. Yeah. I think that's the best attitude, man. I think that's why you've, I hate to wor use the word successful, but you've been successful in some sense uh, through this, um, you know, at least staying afloat successfully, right, right. staying afloat and, and getting through this. Yeah. Um, I did. I did see this. Um, tell me about this fat city thing that's going on. Is yeah. that another concept? This is from you got right. Like, tell us a little bit more because I'm, I see these pictures, dude. And I'm, yeah, bro. My mouth is, you know, I'm, my mouth is watering right now. Just thinking about no, it. no, no shit. So look, and I'll, this kind of goes with the bigger topic, but, um, you know, about, the, the second or the pandemic has gone like this for me, you know, in terms of my, like early on, I was like, you know, I, I'm going to stay locked up in my guest house and work from home and file for PPP loans and ride this thing out. And then I was like, feeling sorry for myself and feeling sorry for my business because pretty much we're down like, you know, 90% across the board. When you look at sales year over year, um, and I think we had just shuttered our airport unit and I was like, man, all I have left right now is a takeout business. I'm running uh, out of my one restaurant. The airport businesses, you had to shut that down. Uh, I mean, it's going to reopen eventually, but it's been shut down for six oh, and a half okay. months. Now. Oh man. So, you know, I went, I went, I pretty much gotten to this point where I was just like, I felt like as an owner, I was, I felt a little defeated. I was depressed. Um, I felt like, you know, I was just doing the bare minimum to survive, which isn't me. That's not my nature. But I think the just the constant depressing news just got got to me. Um, but as we slowly started to reopen things and as we got Bar Peach back open and uh, open dining up, um, I started to get some a little bit of internal momentum. And I was like, you know what, like 
Um, I can sit here and I can wait for this thing to end or we can go on the offense and try and bring in more revenue. Um, and so we did a couple things. Fat City was one of them. Fat City was really geared towards helping our, our events business out and trying to bring in more revenue so that we could pay people more. And so, um, you know, I felt like there was an opportunity to capitalize on, you know, nostalgic food that people kind of, you know, are desiring right now in the midst of a pandemic. Fast food is up, burgers, fries, that kind of stuff. Opportunity got floated to do a pop-up at Yard Bar. Um, it was really successful. Um, so we're doing another one. Um, by the time this airs, it'll already run. Um, yeah. But we're doing one tomorrow, October uh, 3rd. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we, that we think the concept is legs. And so we may end up um, doing something with it um, within the next few months, like actually do like a takeout window concept with it. So that's in the works. Um and then also, man, uh, you know, we haven't broken the news fully yet on this, but, you know, we are pursuing, uh, like, some form of ghost kitchen concept um, without uh, eating, you know. Um, not not tied to any one of our current locations. Um, I'm all about so, that. Yeah. I love that idea. So we've been pursuing that um, while we wait, you know, for, for catering to, to, to fully – come back but you know if, if those businesses launch you know they're they're going to be launching in addition to when catering comes back so you know hopefully we come out of this with new businesses um yeah. that, that's the goal um yeah. so yeah i think this thing has just been a six month um roller coaster uh, of emotions and i think you know like probably a lot of business owners i felt um a little defeated but I, i'm not i'm not going to wait for this um I'm not waiting for COVID to say, okay, we're done. You know, I'm done. Uh, uh, you know, I think it's, it's go big or go home, man. I mean, I would rather just die trying. A hundred percent. You might, you might anyway. Yeah. I mean, I'm, yeah. Who knows? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, not to be dark, but yeah. like, I mean, I right? want to, I want to control my own destiny and I feel like, um, you know, I, I think, at one point I was just like, let's just wait kind of thing. And I just don't, I, I just can't do that. I'm just not that kind of person. So. Well, it's um, so unpredictable, right? This it's too, it's too hard to say, well, let's wait. Cause you don't know how long or what's happening. And every, every day, something, maybe not every day. Well, yeah, sometimes every day, something changes every week, you know, new rules, new, this, new, that uh, push, take two steps forward then maybe take a step back. Um, and to me, I don't, I don't know, man. You know, I don't know how how much how deep you want to get into this, but I, I have been not happy with our government's response to helping small businesses. To to be frank with you, yeah. uh, I know that there have been some PPP loans, and everybody's getting this and then that. I don't think it's been enough. I think I think the government asked a lot of businesses and people in general, right? But business, we're just let's keep it to that. Businesses ask them, hey, shut down, do all this, da 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 but there ain't no help coming in. You still got to pay rent. You still got to pay yeah. this. You still got to, everything is still at a hundred percent for you. Right. Yeah. You're, you're outgoing, but you're ingoing. We're going to cut that off. We're gonna I think, cut off I think that's a great thing. point. You know, I think it's, it's um, quite frankly, I think it's bullshit that, um, you know, I got to close, you know, 75% of my dining room or half of my dining room. Um, but I'm, my landlords might be charging me full rent, which two out of three are, yep. you know? Um, 
I don't have as much of an issue with the PPP loan, but I'll say this. I think the policy was backwards on everything um, because I think, I think the approach honestly should have been, and I was just talking to one of my friends about this the other day. I, you know, if I were in the shoes of creating the policy for this, I would have shut everything down cold Turkey for a month. And I would have just given businesses grants. I would have said, Hey, we're going to give you 10% of your sales. Show us your tax return. I'm going to give you 10% of your sales. It's a grant. You don't have to pay it back. This will allow you to shut down for a full month, you know, and maybe you have to use 30% of it on, on payroll and then the rest you can use whatever you want. And then businesses aren't like they can retain their staff. And they're not like, holy crap, I got to get open. They can plan for it. They could chill out for a month. We get this pandemic under control, understand it, and then get back at it with much, much, much more reduced numbers. You know, like we basically quashed this thing for a month, you know. Um, But the incentive to close has never been there. How can there be an incentive to close when your landlord's like, pay me full rent? Exactly. You know? Uh, you know, or, um, you know, your, your fixed costs aren't going anywhere. You know, your, 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 your POS fees, your scheduling software, uh, your, your data entry software for all your invoices, your utility bills, like all these fixed costs aren't going anywhere. So, um, I just think the policy was backwards. The PPP was the ass opposite of what I just described, right? It was a get back to work get people back into work, um, open the shit up. And, uh, you know, and we're like, well, what are we going to open up? We can't even open up our dining room. What are we opening up? We can open yeah. 25% of our dining room. Like you think that's, you know, so, um, I just think the policy was backwards. I, I just don't think in retrospect, I mean, you know, hindsight's 2020, but I just don't think it made a whole yeah. lot of sense for bit. I would have personally, I would have just shut it all down and just given businesses the buffer to do that. You know, and so great. We're all taking the hit. You're giving us grants. We know we can survive for a month. Great. We can pay our people. Nobody needs to go on unemployment. We take yeah. care of our staff, call it a day, get back up, back, get back to it May 1st. Let's go. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I love that idea. That, that's absolutely how it should have gone. I, I think, you know, the whole system got decimated. We, we overwhelmed a lot of our state run systems and a lot of our federally run systems, right? Too. Unemployment just got bombarded with so many calls that it is impossible for them. I think I, I read a stat from another state, Wisconsin, I believe it was 0.5% of all phone calls got answered. Only, only 0.5% of all phone calls got answered. Yeah, that's incredible. So, right. That's, so this is nuts. So you're talking... Right. So these businesses are now having to say, look, I don't know what I can do with you. I don't know if I can bring you back. So you better go apply for unemployment. Right. You better do that. So everything just gets thrown around in the city. You got owners not knowing what to do again. Yeah. I, and, and then owners getting publicly getting sort of lambasted a little bit. Well, like, oh, you, it's not safe to open. What are you doing? You know, you got to do this. Don't you care about America? Don't you care about, you know, humanity? It's like, yes, I care about these things, but I have all these, I have all this shit to pay and yeah. I don't know what to do. I just felt like our government put people in just the worst positions possible. Where they I couldn't positions. agree with you more. You know, you, as a business owner, you shouldn't have to choose between your business and 
policy decisions on public safety, you know? Um, And I think that a lot of businesses wanted to do the right thing, you know, and and a lot of them. Everyone I talked to every, everyone was like, yes, I, I don't mind shutting down, but I can, I got, like you said, rent, I got this, that, the other, I, I, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. Right. I mean, we can fall on our own sword. Yeah. That's it. Well, they expected like you and like other people, they just go create their own opportunities, you know, smarter people. That's what it is right now, Pat. You hit the, you you hit the nail on the head. You hit the nail on the head. It is. It's a free for all. It's create your own. This is survivor. You know, this is go fucking make a fire out of some wood, man. Like go, go rub some rocks together or some shit. That's what this is right now. It's like, you want to build a patio? Do it. (laughs) <laughs> you know want to convert a parking lot into a patio go for it man you want to create some meal kits and teach someone on zoom how to do it go do that like do whatever you can to survive <laughs> you know you yeah. want to convert your restaurant to a grocery store and sell some eggs and milk like <laughs> you should do that yeah i mean it's insane right i mean that's what the restaurant industry right now this is the wildest year ever in the restaurant business i mean i'm never gonna forget it but oh my god um, no, but, definitely not. I mean, my attitude right now is like, I just, I just, quite honestly, I just don't give a fuck. You know, we're, we're, we're going to do whatever we can to survive. And if that means creating new, new things like Fat City or, um, you know, opening up some ghost kitchens for expansion or whatever, like we're going to do it. Um, but it's not going to be easy. Definitely not going to be easy. It's never easy, right? At least that's something you can know that it had in common with the previous life you had. It wasn't easy either. So at least that's the same. I think ghost kitchens are actually going to be a f- phenomenal thing moving forward. I've, I've always been a fan of ghost kitchens. Always something um, that I think is the next wave of concepts to come. I don't think the pandemic could actually hit the ghost kitchens as much right you don't have the dining room you don't have all that bullshit it's it is takeout delivery only you can switch up concepts in a heartbeat yeah right you can do all kinds of different stuff you have multiple concepts in one uh place Uh, you know yeah it's almost pandemic proof in a way god i hate to say that that sounds that doesn't sound good you know that sounds um too positive but it, it seems in theory uh you know, pandemic proof, because, you know, I will say this, this is a positive thing. I think a lot of, and I'm just speaking for Texas, but Texas in Austin even has really stepped up, I think, supporting um, restaurants and food trucks. And I think so. I think that the citizens have stepped up and they're buying, they're getting out there. Right. I mean, I think Austin community has been, you know, wonderful fantastic i think i think they are they i mean i think there is a there's an appetite for going and eating local and eating at good restaurants we've seen it you know and so 100 percent. this is you know this is where i want to be as a as a person you know i want to be living in austin you know this is a great city um super supportive communities yeah absolutely uh you know yeah it's definitely what what i love about here and same thing with music venues um that's something that's you know, been affected just the same. And now people are going out trying to get them money as well. I think they just got awarded, I want to say about $5 million to music venues. And I think another 10 million that got spread out, right? It's like 15 total, five here, five here, five there. Um, So that's great. I mean, there, there's some things happening, you know, 
God, man, it's just, a, it's just a nutty time. It's just, yeah, we'll just never forget any of this. And again, I just, my, my, my heart just goes out to, man, to business owners like yourself that just have so much on their shoulders and, and are doing the right thing. Because I know there's yeah. other business owners that are not. They're maybe taking advantage of the situation or they're this, that, the other. I would say that's less than, than the norm for sure. Um, but yeah, man, I just, I just, again, it's already a nightmare to run a place. I can't even imagine, you know, on top of everything Dude, happening. Is, I'll tell you what, man, you know, I have two young kids. Um, I have a four-year-old and I have a one-year-old. Both of them had their birthdays during the pandemic. And between trying to raise those two kids and figure out school with my wife and um, trying to run this, <laughs> these all these different businesses, I mean, this has been the most challenging year of my life. I mean, it's not even close. It's not yeah. even close. Not even close. Um, you know, maybe, maybe some good will come out of this. You know, maybe this is some sort of cleansing that we need as, as, a, as a human race. I don't know. Um, it, it's certainly forcing people to be innovative and, and take stock. And, and, you know, maybe we, we spend more time in nature. Maybe we spend more time with our family. You know, maybe some good things do come out of this. Um, but I, I think it, in general, I think it'll make us a more resilient race, you know, of humans that, you know, our resolve will be has been tested and and hopefully we come out of this with with a greater resolve to do more good and, and to to be more adaptable that's positive i love that i love hearing that man yeah that's positive i don't know if i've ever heard that that angle before to be to be honest with you um yeah, yeah i like that i like thinking like that um for sure um look it right you got to get up every day and do what you can uh, i think more importantly now than ever it is important to look around you uh, and see if you can help in some way, uh, you know, and I'm not really normally a person to push something like that. I think everyone just do what you want, you know, whatever. But look, man, it's, it's one of those times where it's okay to look around and see if your neighbor needs some help right now. Uh, because it's just where we're at. It's just kind of, you know, where we're at as a, as a, as a, like you said, as a human race, as right on this, on this planet, forget America, forget Texas, like just as a whole, we're all, this is a problem a unique problem we're all going through, which I can't think of something that, that has happened like that, you know? I mean, and, it's, it's wild, you know? That's it's wild. wild. I mean, some days I wake up and I, I mean, for the first month of the pandemic, I was like, is this really happening? You know, you wake up You're every right. day, like, is this really happening? But I've been tracking the pandemic for months in advance because my dad had been traveling overseas uh, and he was in overseas, he was overseas like January, February. And, you know, he was telling me about the pandemic and he was like, you, you know, you really need to watch out. You know, he was like, save cash. Um, you know, this is back in February and he was like, uh, I think it's going to hit and I think it's going to hit bad. And wow. a part of me was like, well, he's probably right. And a part of me didn't really want to believe that. So he had been sending me videos from restaurants in like Shanghai and temperature checks and distance seating. And I was like, man, I, I just can't ever see that. Like, I just could not envision Americans being willing to get their temperature taken. Like, totally. I was just like, man, it's just as a culturally, we're just so far from that. Yeah. What happens now? I'm taking temperatures at my restaurants and people are like, thank you. You know, we appreciate the COVID precautions, you know? And I'm like, dude, seven months ago, I couldn't imagine that in a million years. A million. Have you had any? Have you had any pushback from certain people about getting temperatures, I mean, not or really. a mask, or anything like that? A couple here and there, very, yeah. very low percentage. 
a very low, low percentage. I would say maybe 2%, 1% of our customer base. I think it's been impressive that culturally we have slid so far this way to be like, you know what, we're going to mask up. We're going to get our temperatures taken. Uh, we're going to adjust to the new normal. And I, I would give a lot of credit to people in Austin for, for doing that. You know, I think um, I, had a t- I had a tough time envisioning that that would be something people would be okay with. We even pulled a couple customers, regular customers, before the pandemic really hit. And we're like, we're thinking about taking people's temperatures. And they're like, oh, I don't know about that. Like, you know, <laughs> we probably wouldn't feel too good about that, you know. But I think people have really adjusted their mindset. I think that the goalpost has shifted dramatically. Um, so that's been pretty cool. I, I think there is, an, uh, you know, a unique adaptability, particularly in Austin. You look at the numbers, you look at, you know, we get 60, 70 cases a day now in Travis County. I'm not going to say we've solved it because we haven't, but I mean, those numbers are really good. You know, they're really good for uh, a county like Travis County uh, in a state in Texas, like Texas, where coronavirus is burning like wildfire, you know? And and then you have this, like, you have this, you have Austin, and somehow we've figured it out compared to all these other places. So, um, you know, kudos to Austin. Yeah, that's a great point, man. Um, I, I feel like it's been that way kind of the whole pandemic where the numbers never completely got out of hand. Um, I mean, it was close a few times, right? Our hospitals were getting here and there, um, but not like Houston or even Dallas. Um, so, yeah, for sure. Um, God, it, it, it is, man. It's just a, a crazy time. But I think, um, I think, yes, people of Austin – look, they do deserve a little pat on the back for, for being a part of it because like it or not, the businesses had to do one thing, but customers also were a part of the equation. And if they didn't fall in line and, and obey the, you know, takeout and right to go procedures and this and that, and didn't, or delivery or all this stuff or all the groups that got started right on Facebook and this and that, that helped all of this stuff. I I think, I think without a lot of that, there's no success right? There's no success rate. So yeah, people of Austin, you're listening right now, like pat yourself on the back. Good job. If you're one of these people that, that helps and pushes and, and keeps staying in line and follows the rules and just, you know, you're, you're helping the business by not bitching and going and, you know, throwing another wrench in the, in the wheel, if you, if you know, if you will. So yeah, that's, it's good to hear. It's a positive thing. Um, you know, I want to make sure we mention some positive things as well. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, not I think all there, there will be positives to come out of this. I really do. And, and for restaurant industry and specifically, um, I, I don't think people are going to be eating out less. You know, I don't think, I don't think like all of a sudden, you know, 90% of America found the joy of cooking and is starting to uh, <laughs> bang out, uh, you know, a fucking new recipe every night. You know, they still got jobs and still got kids. I mean, yeah. we, we live in a, a convenience driven culture you know, where our groceries are ordered on an app and delivered to us by a third party, you know, our food is delivered by a third party. So that's not going anywhere. It's just how do you get that food to these people, you know, and to your customer base, and that might have changed, you know, and that might have that that might have shifted. So yes, you know, yeah. well, is, is, is inline dining going anywhere? No, it's not. Mm-hmm. People still want but inline dining might be more patio driven, you know, it might need more spacious spaces. It's going to reset the commercial real estate market a little bit because who's going to want to pay such high dollar for 
real estate that they can only use at 50% capacity. So that, that way things are going to change, right? But, um, yeah, you know, people that's are still going to want to eat. Yeah, that's a good point, though. Um, that's a great point. And I mean, not just restaurants, right? Any business that has commercial real estate, office space, this and that, that's all going to be a different look uh, come 2021 yeah. and more and further, right? More people are going to work remote. More people are going to realize, I don't even need all this space. I mean, you know? I worry about downtown Austin, you know, like like Congress Avenue and like everything down there, like the WeWorks and the, I mean, WeWork was already having trouble before him, but all the restaurants down there, like, you know, when Pete Terry's the most, one of the most iconic, successful chains developed at Austin closes a downtown location, you got a problem downtown, right? Yeah. They're like, you know what, we're good. We'll go somewhere else, you know? That's you a know? good point. That's a great, that's a great point, man. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, you know, I, th this is something that I, I've, I've thought as well that I think will be a benefit coming out of the pandemic for places that I, is that I think restaurants and food truck, whoever is serving food, they, they will hopefully, because of the pandemic, have absolutely mastered to go and take out, right? Hopefully you have mastered it by now at your restaurant, right? It should be, you know how to, because before you don't really get to give too much time to take out. It's right. always just a part of something, right? It's just a, a little revenue stream on the side. It's if you can't come in to eat, then you're going to get it, right? We got this right. little thing. But now it's been a whole focus for restaurants. So if anything, that'll be a benefit that a lot of these places will, okay, now we can open our dining room. Now we can get this back 100%. But man, look at our, our, our the way we do takeout and delivery is, is really strong now. So yeah. for some places, it might actually be great in the end just for the fact that, man, we have set up these two... Right. Yeah, I mean, if you, can, if you could somehow get your business above where they were, you know, between dining and takeout, great. Yeah. I mean, like where we're at, we're, we're finding out that between dining and takeout, we're kind of hitting about what the sales were pre-corona, right? And so that's a, you know, we're a little bit down on Tuesday nights, but otherwise it's, it, it's not that far off, you know? Wow. Um, but you still want, you still want the dining business because that's who's coming in and, and having cocktails and multiple cocktails and, and um, there's packaging prices, there's third party delivery prices. So you don't, you don't <laughs> yeah. want to, you know, you don't want to be a, a delivery to go curbside focused business when you're paying that much money on real estate. So. Of course. Well, plus all the people, when they come in, they, they gram that stuff, right? Or what, what are the term the kids use? They're TikToking. Right, yeah. Tweet now. They're 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 more on social media about spreading spreading. Not not to say that people don't do that when they get delivery or takeout, but not as much. That's right. Um, you know. So yeah, the just be just trending as far as uh, being spoken about or whatever online. Uh, one, I say that just for y'all's business one because y'all have a great um, online presence uh, for sure. All right, Eric. I want to make sure I don't forget. Uh, oh, this is something, man. Before we go, I definitely want to make sure that we. What, what, can, what can people do to support, what, what's the best thing that people can do to support restaurants and you know, food businesses right now as a customer, as a, what, what are you think, or, or things you wish people were doing? I mean, best thing a, a customer can do is either dine on a patio or, or dine at the restaurant inside, whatever they're comfortable with, or order, order curbside directly from the restaurant. Um, and then also like, you know, post about it, like post on Facebook, post on a neighborhood group, post on next door, like, Hey, you know, this place is great. We're highly recommended. I think 
I think those are the best things, you know, uh, worst things, probably third party delivery. So you mean like Uber Eats, um, Grubhub, yeah, that, but, that sort of you know, thing. I'm a hypocrite in saying that because I use those companies and I work with Uber Eats and I work with Favor. So it's not like, I don't want to come across like saying they're the devil or anything. I just, you know, it's like, if you can go pick up curbside, like go pick up curbside directly from the restaurant. But like, I understand if you can, like, I understand if you got kids at home and you don't want to drag them out. Like, you know, I get that. I mean, I'm guilty of that too. Convenience is, uh, is in high demand right now. Yeah, man. Convenience can sometimes trump, I hate to use that word, but you know, not your morals, but you know what I mean? Like, okay, I have these, uh, I'm going to stick to this, but oof, this is a little more convenient at this, at this point in time. Look, I get, chi- I get Chick-fil-A every once in a while. I tell my gay friends all the time, I'm sorry. Okay. They just have, they have great nuggets. Chick-fil-A, I mean, that guy could, you know, he could say whatever he wants and people would be like, I'm still getting my chicken sandwich. So yeah, yeah. man, look, they're just, the chicken's unbelievable. Most businesses don't have that luxury. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, that is a good point. Um, yeah. Okay. So, so that's how you feel people um, can help out. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's, that's it. Just supporting, right. Supporting the business, spread the word. Yeah. Um, yeah. Delivery. What, what about runner? Have you heard of that runner city group at all? Runner city. I'm not, I'm not familiar with runner city. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Definitely look that up. Well, people are probably using runner city with you and you have no idea. It's a group on Facebook. That's like 20,000 members or something. Now, basically, forget third-party delivery yeah you you go on there and you um you you put in your order and you just say hey i ordered from peach tortilla Uh, i need someone to go pick it up for me i'll give you a ten dollar tip right and then there's just runners on there's people just hanging out waiting to go do runs uh and they do everything they do food runs they do this but yeah i'm surprised you haven't heard of runner city man i figured you would have uh, i have not heard of those guys yeah it's a brand it's not even a it's just a Facebook group that got started and blew up, right? Okay. That's, that's basically what it is. So, uh, look, man, I hear your phone ring. I know you got to go, and, and we're, we're done with our time anyway. So, look, Eric, um, I, I wish you the best, man. I, I know you guys got so much going on, and I, I just really appreciate you taking care of your staff and your customers, man, and looking out for everybody and being an example in the community, man, that, um, you know, customers can look up to and also other business owners can yeah. look up to, man. Well, I appreciate that, man. You know, my, my motto has always been, um, you know, tough, tough people last, tough times don't. Um, this just turns out to be a really long, tough time, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but tough people do last. And so, uh, you know, you just got to get through it. So I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me on and spreading the good word. And, you know, we're going to, we're going to keep, keep tracking. That's awesome, man. Yeah, absolutely. Well, good luck with service today, brother. I wish you all the best. My best to you and your staff and everybody staying uh, safe and my best to your family as well, brother. So thank you again, my man. Okay. Talk to you soon, man. All right, boss. Be good, brother. Bye. The Lone Star Play podcast is produced by Texas Real Food. Go to texasrealfood.com and you can search your city for stores, butchers, restaurants, farmers markets, and more who are using fresh, artisanal, organic sources. It's a fun site that brings all natural options all together. I hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information, go to thelonestarplay.com. I'm your host, Patrick Scott Armstrong. Until next time. (laughs) 